This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine. But they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. And welcome in. I'm Ryan Recker, filling in for Annie Fry. Happy to be with you here, really, on this uh, Thursday, and we're different parts of the country. It is so cold here in Detroit. I know you guys got hit first in St. Louis, so there's all kinds of things that are going on in people's lives, but at least we have comedy to wake us up. I don't know if you guys saw Shane Gillis did a stand-up recently, and he was talking about what he wanted to happen during the next presidential debates, and essentially. He said, I don't care if Donald Trump's in jail. They should wheel him out Hannibal Lecter style and still let him be part of the debate stage because of how entertaining it is. Have you seen any of Shane Gillis's political humor? I'm curious if you've watched that online. I get I get a lot of it via shorts on YouTube. I, uh, I'll be scrolling through and I'm like this dude will pop up and dude, he cracks me up. He's pretty funny. He's got some some good, fun political takes. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, who was it? It was. Louis C.K. was talking about his phenomenon. So essentially, he's like a Midwest guy, and he goes on to these stages of New York, and this is how Louis C.K. categorized him. He said he'll go on the stage and he'll say something like, you know, my dad watches Fox News, and the New York crowd will boo him, boo, and he'll say, you know, your dad watches it too, so shut up, and then they'll all get a laugh, and they'll clap him. He'll say in a matter of 10 seconds, they'll go from hating him to loving him in 10 seconds, and normally you don't see that on a stand-up stage, particularly when you're not part of, like, the New York crowd in front of a New York crowd, and he said he wins him over really quick, and I just think the dude is hilarious, mm-hmm. and he definitely is not PC at all in any of his comedy. It reminds me of you and your buddies in the 90s before everything got yeah. so offensive and people got upset about everything. 
And you're like, no, this is just, you know, when when there were no cameras around and once something was said, it was over and it was gone forever. And you don't have to worry about the repercussions of it coming up 20 years from now for use making a joke. You know, one of those deals. Can I play part of this for you? I'll do this from my side. Here's what Shane Gillis wants to happen. So he said, let's say Donald Trump is in jail. He said, even if that's the case and he's not the candidate for the Republicans, he still wants him on the stage. Uh, let's let's take a listen to this. Here's my idea. Final debate of the year. I have one Republican candidate, one Democrat. You're like, all right, fellas. Surprise third guest tonight. <laughs> stone cold music, the glass shatters. He walks out and they're both gay. <laughs> we'll see how they handle that. I think it is actually important to see how the candidates handle that type of pressure of debating with Trump, dude, because so far none of them have been able to handle it. Every debate, he just bullied whoever was up there. The only one who did pretty good in the debates against him was Biden, just because he had no f idea what was being said, which actually helped him. That worked out for him. Because Trump's whole thing is he tries to get the other guy's head, dude. Can't get in Joe's head. Joe's not in there. Good luck, dude. Biden is Trump's kryptonite in a debate. Trump tries to drag the other guy into like a talking contest where he will win. He will win at that. He can't get Biden. He tries. Every, every debate he's trying so hard, Biden is just... <laughs> He tries. He just, you're a loser. You're shot big crack. What? <laughs> okay. So that's kind of like the political comedy. Can I just say, number one, it's been a long time since I've been able to laugh at political comedy because it's been so one-sided left forever. That's actually funny, isn't it? Well, yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's not mean-spirited. And, that, and I think that's, yeah. what, that's what kills what, what has been political comedy now like saturday night live they're not trying to make jokes they're trying to be mean and it's just mm. it doesn't hit it doesn't land because it, it it's the spirit that with uh, it comes from yeah i um i i find that in a lot of ways watching the saturday night lives or any other stand-ups the mean spirit in nature and I, I think that is probably the best way to categorize it i think it's a reflection that a lot of times the writers feel it is their obligation or duty to take down someone they don't like. Like, this is their platform to write on Saturday Night Live, so I need to use my writing ability in order to use my activism side of things. Like, I need to activate my activism through this way. And a lot of times, audiences, they are very self-aware of it, and I'm sure there is an audience that really enjoys that sort of thing. But in the end, they got to realize it's just not real comedy or it's not really funny by any means. Um, so this is actually funny, and I feel like he kind of makes fun of both sides in this sense. And his Trump impersonation is mwah, yeah. great Trump impersonation. Yeah, is he famous for doing Trump impersonations? Because I'm not familiar with his stand-up, but I feel like I've seen him doing impersonations before because I, I, he, sounds, he sounds familiar. Yeah. So I think what happened, and stop me if I'm wrong with this history, he did some stand-up. He got an audition for Saturday Night Live. He got on Saturday Night Live, and then one of the... I don't know, very left-leaning blogs or whatever, said, oh, let's take a look at the new class of SNL. And they went back to some of his old podcasts. And it didn't take them long. It took them one podcast to find, oh, he makes fun of a lot of minorities. Like, he makes jokes about everyone, basically. So they said, look at this guy. He hates Asians or something along those lines. Uh, even though when you're doing a comedy podcast, I'm sure the things could get a little bit you know, racy in a way, but I don't think he meant it in a bad way. It's just, they were just jokes. Well, that was enough heat for SNL to drop him. He started to do these skits 
I think they were online primarily. And he started to do these Donald Trump impersonation skits. And, but you know, it's essentially looks like a orange bomb went off on his face. You know, the bad hair, you know, it was a really bad physical impersonation of him, but it also was a fantastic audio impersonation of him for his voice. And then he kind of got some notoriety that way through these like digital short things he was doing. And next thing you know, He's like kind of this internet phenomenon where now he's one of the biggest comedians in the world. That's great. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I think I remember the part where somebody, I didn't know this guy, got on Saturday Night Live and then he immediately got canceled by cancel culture. But I did not know that that was him. I'm glad to hear that he's made a career outside of that. Right. He is definitely not PC. I've listened to some of his things, but I will tell you that. I think a lot of what he does is for the sake of being funny, not mean, you know, it just, you know, and that's the way it goes. But in general, I saw another clip. People were debating that. Let's say Donald Trump is the candidate. Are they whoever the Democratic nomination is going to be? Joe Biden, presumably. Is it possible that we don't see presidential debates this year because they just don't want to deal with Donald Trump? They understand his game plan is to go up there. And as Shane Gillis mentions it, just he wants to bully his opponent, but you can't bully Joe Biden because there's nothing upstairs to bully. That's very so, funny. Do you, do you think it's a possibility there's no debate this year because they don't like the dynamics or they don't want to put someone on stage with Donald Trump? So I, I've heard. So here's the the official line right now is that there's going to be three debates in the general. Now, of course, we don't know, quote unquote, who the candidates are going to be, but we think we know. What I've heard people suggest is that if it is Trump and Biden, that the way that they'll get Biden out, because Trump would beat most people, as Brad was saying before the show, stylistically, Trump just walks over people. Now, he may not be able to debate somebody like a DeSantis in policy as well, but he just bulldozes anybody near him. And so that sometimes makes him look like, like he wins, even if he looks like a bully and he ultimately didn't, quote unquote, win the debate because he didn't change a lot of people's minds. With Biden, <laughs> that comedian's right, <laughs> Biden so, is so unaware of what's happening at any given moment that it's almost like kryptonite for Trump because he can't really get in his head. But with Biden being so bad at debate, with Trump being so much of a bulldozer and Biden being so gone, you could replace either one of those guys with a better debater and have a better debate. But with Biden, regardless of who the Republican is, assuming it's Trump, but it, assume, even if it's somebody else, the way they would get him out with Trump is to say Biden is above debating an insurrectionist or a dictator or a whatever. Oh, that's how they spin it. And say, yeah, so that, you know, this this is beneath the office of the presidency to have to debate a convicted criminal and whatever it will be. And therefore, we're backing out of the debates. That's what I've heard suggested. I, I am of the mind that there will be no debates, and I think you could almost lock that in. Biden isn't up to the task. I think we can all agree that Biden just doesn't have it. So, Ryan, great point. I agree with you. That's exactly what they're, the Biden camp is going to say. But they will not, you know, he's he's indicted 91 times. You know, he's under these many <laughs> criminal prosecutions. But the reality of it is, too, on the Trump side, Trump is under indictment. He will be in court. He will be actively fighting charges against him. And his lawyers will not allow him to put himself on a debate stage where any of that stuff that he says on a debate stage could be used against him in the court law of law. Ooh. So he will be like, I'm so far ahead of Biden. I'm so much better than Biden. I don't need to debate him. And he will take the exact same tact against Biden 
that he took wow. against the Republicans um, this time around, and we won't so, see any presidential debates this year. Yeah. It's basically that meme where it's Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. But <laughs> in this case, the two Spider-Mans are the excuses, and they're pointing at each other and like, wow, you're both using the same excuse for each other. I, Isn't I, that something? I got to disagree with Brad. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, he's making an interesting argument, but I disagree because if that were the case, he wouldn't be doing town halls. He wouldn't be doing rallies and stuff right now. The town halls especially because he's not completely in control of what happens there. So he's just got to be disciplined enough well, to not say things can, that will incriminate him. He can himself. dodge it, dodge that, but... In in a debate, it will be in, different. In a town hall, you'd think that that would come up too, though, and it's not. Well, yeah, but it's it's not the same in a town hall because he's in control of the narrative, and there will be no back and forth. the 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 reporter or the the host of the town hall or the you know resident that they have asked the question, they'll ask the question, and then Donald Trump can do what any other politician do is like, oh, thank you for that, and then answer whatever question they wanted to answer anyway, and not even necessarily address the situation because. <laughs> Good grief, if you've ever watched a town hall, how many times does that happen? Wow. So let's um, let's put this out there because Donald Trump, uh, this was the headline, insists NBC and CNN should have their licenses pulled for not airing his victory speech. So let's say the hypothetical. The hypothetical happens. There is no presidential debate. Let's say they schedule one, but both of them say, I don't want to be on the stage with the other person or whatever. Or one person says that, you know, this ain't good for us when it comes to our trial. And somehow someone backs down or they both back down and they both hold their own independent forums on the same night. Do you think that perhaps them competing against each other. Now the networks have to pick a side, which show which side they're on. Like, okay, one's clearly the president of the United States and one clearly, clearly is the former president. But okay, we're going to have to pick the Joe Biden. Do you think that maybe adds some fuel to Donald Trump's claim that NBC, CNN, some of these other institutions have intentionally try to censor him by not airing, let's say, a political victory speech in Iowa. Can we play that clip number one, Brad? Do you have that? Uh, um, let me pull it up here. So, yeah, and, and part of it is I kind of see what he's saying, that it's unfair. It doesn't really have anything to do with licensing, perhaps, but I think it does happen to show the extreme biases that they do have when it comes to one candidate or the other. Uh, can we play that clip? This is Donald Trump making yeah. the argument. But we were talking about a show and how corrupt the press is. And last night, it was amazing. NBC and CNN refused to air my victory speech. Think of it. Because they are crooked, they're dishonest, and frankly, they should have their licenses or whatever they have taken away. They put on... Hmm. There's not really a license for CNN, per se, I don't think. Um, but... Uh, you do see NBC, FCC has certain licensing that goes into it. It's not really a license issue, but what he said before that is they treat him unfairly. Is that an example of him being treated unfairly, not airing the speech? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 100% yeah. Yeah. a great example of that. <clears throat> that's In yeah. fact, Rachel Maddow came out and said, we deliberately didn't air it. Because we are the ar I'm I'm putting words in her mouth here. I'm paraphrasing. What's what she said <laughs> essentially? She though. said we're the arbiters of truth. He is so against truth that we have to we have to shape this for you. We have to uh, block you from seeing what he might say because he lies. It's it yeah. I mean, the, essentially, what they're saying is is that they've they've labeled him a liar. This guy lies, and therefore we're not going to carry it because we have a responsibility to carry the truth.
Forget all that stuff that we did back in with the Russia collusion hoax or the uh, Trump tax returns oh, yeah. or any when of this other stuff. Avenatti on every we, night. Throwing, we have down, a re- throwing down the lab leak theory. Yeah. We have we have a responsibility <laughs> yeah. to make sure that we don't air untruths. Give me a break. You want to prove that you should be able to not air untruths? Prove it by not airing untruths and getting it right 100% of the time. Hey, let me throw this yeah. out there right before. Sorry, Wrecker. I got to throw this out there because you brought this issue up. I'm like, look, if a, if a network has to choose in your scenario between airing Trump and airing Biden, let's say they have competing events, I say air either one of them. <laughs> because both of them are going to look better for Trump. If you air Biden's entire town hall, people are going to walk away going, oh, oh. man, he makes some good points. <laughs> They're going to go, oh. that guy is the candidate? Great. Okay. It's probably Great actually idea. better for Trump to see have the Biden stuff this up there. It might be. This is what we need. Okay. get Is it Vivek Ramaswamy? I'm saying his name, the first name wrong, but he's, have him moderate Donald Trump, the candidate, <laughs> And then they dip into CNN's Joe Biden speech and have them commentate on Joe Biden live during the debate, like the oh, Manning brothers do on man. ESPN for Monday Night Football. That would be the greatest. Vivek and Trump, <laughs> Mystery hours. Science Theater 3000. <laughs> Mystery style. Science Theater with Donald <laughs> Trump. That okay. would be incredible. You guys stay right here. I got to oh. go make a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get this going, please. Uh, <laughs> Hans von Spakowski, he is the senior legal fellow for um, Heritage Foundation, and he we got so many questions for him. He's going to come up also later in the show. Tyrus is going to join us. I hope we get a chance to talk some Greg Gutfeld. You know, I do have a question for him. There's the new Richard Simmons biopic. I want to know who he thinks should play Greg Gutfeld if there's ever a made-for-TV movie, and I got a couple of recommendations for him, too. But we got so much to get to on the show today. I'm Ryan Recker, filling in for Andy Fry. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 97.1 FM Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker. 
And uh, it's happy, happy Thursday when I get a chance to be with you guys here today, filling in for Andy Fry. Thank you for doing that. Um, we're going to have Hans von Spakowski on here in just a moment. But there was one quick story I saw on Fox 2 that apparently Taylor Swift, Taylor the Gracious, it was almost like the, you, you hear those stories about, oh, if, if only I can reach out and touch the Holy Grail, I'll be cured of all my ailments. Well, apparently Taylor Swift gave that moment to a St. Louis woman at the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Can we play that clip real quick? All right, Blair, thank you. Well, it was a game of a lifetime for these ladies. They could not have imagined this in their wildest dreams. The Chiefs-Dolphins game at Arrowhead on Saturday landed them in these enchanted seats right in front of Taylor Swift, Brittany Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey's mom, Donna. Isn't that great? So you're out there freezing. I mean, literally freezing to death like a... Uh, you know, hot dog that's in the freezer. That's probably not the best analogy. And then you turn around and in the luxury box behind you is a fully warm Taylor Swift in her entourage. And you turn around and then Taylor hands down the scarf to you and you put it on and all of your ailments disappear. It's like a Holy grail moment for this person. Uh, what a nice moment. Now I would think like, just like the old days, remember the, what was it? The, um, the Beatles would make fun of the cheap seats and the expensive seats, and anyone would do that. I, I almost feel like this is almost an insult. Like, you know, this is a, a hand-me-down to show you I'm better than you, and I'm in the good seats and you're not. Let me show you how gracious of a queen I am to you by giving you a small piece of clothing that you may be wrapped around your neck and solve all problems. But now she can probably sell that on eBay for $1,000, so that might yeah. be nice. If Taylor DNA on there. you have the proof, yeah. Well, you got the Fox 2 picture yeah, uh, putting right. up there right in the news parts. Right. Uh, do we have Hans? Yes. We do. Hans von Spakowski is a senior legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation. Happy to have him on the show here today. I um, always enjoy this segment with Hans. I, I can't remember. Is there like an intro for Hans? There's not an intro. That's what Mark Cox does in the morning, right? I get them mixed <laughs> up. Uh, Hans, thank you for coming on to 97.1. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're we're kind of in a deep freeze here in D.C., like so many other parts of the country. I know it's so bad anywhere you look, but uh, there's going to be a little bit of a warm up coming up. I have so many questions for you, and I think some of them revolve around Donald Trump. Some of them don't uh, revolve around Donald Trump. I don't know where we even start with something like this, but uh, how about the, the one that was most interesting to me? Supreme Court signals that it could claw back federal agency power. I saw a piece on this. And how exciting is that to think that we've had all of these federal agencies that have really overstepped their bounds over the years, and we've been able to point to them and say, you know, legally speaking, they shouldn't have this much authority, this much power. And in some ways, it was even granted or allowed to them. But now it's starting to be challenged in a way to say maybe the scope needs to come back a little bit and go to the original intentions of what these agencies are meant to be. And it seems like the Supreme Court may be indicating they tend to agree with that. Boy, I sure hope so. Uh, look, I spent six years inside the federal bureaucracy, and I can tell you, you know, you know how in civics you're taught that we have three branches of government, right? The legislative branch, executive branch, judicial branch. That's not true anymore. It hasn't been for a long time. We, we, we've had a fourth branch now for a long time called the administrative state, and it's these huge federal agencies filled with bureaucrats who are there no matter who is in the White House. And they, I can tell you, they have way too much power and too much of an ability um, to regulate Americans, go after Americans. 
their power needs to be pulled way back. I think a lot of people do see this often. And, you know, part of the power that's also being debated, and this is unrelated, is this immunity question. And I think eventually the Supreme Court is going to have to get to this quickly. The idea of presidential immunity, um, where do you think that's going to go? Do you have any indication or feeling of how you think that's going to play out? Well, I think that that is going to get to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is going to say, yeah, presidential immunity, of course it exists. No president would be able to function without it. Um, The issue is going to be where do you draw the line between official conduct that entitles a president to uh, immunity and personal conduct? And that that line uh, can can be very, very difficult to, to draw because, you know, a, a president is in the limelight all the time. They're always in the White House. At what point is what they're doing become a personal matter as opposed to an official duty? That That's a hard line to draw. Um, but the Supreme Court, is they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And do you want that? This is the part that is going to be very problematic because let's say, okay, where do you draw the line? Well, we'll let the FBI investigate. We'll let the FBI determine what happens and we'll do it behind closed doors, behind the scenes. And then whatever happens, they'll determine if it needs to be escalated or not. But there's so much erosion with these different agencies, going back to what the Supreme Court's talking about, clawing back federal agency power. I don't know too many people that trust the FBI anymore over the past 10 years, they have just completely destroyed their image. Who do you even put in front of uh, like a panel that could arbitrarily look at this without bias, you know, protecting one candidate or hating another candidate in the case of Trump or Biden? It seems to me almost impossible to try to handle that line fairly. Well, I think that's right, particularly because of what has happened, particularly to the FBI um, in the last few years and the Department of Justice. I, I, I don't I can't remember any point in our history where I think uh, I've seen things to be this bad in terms of um, the weaponization. And that's the word being used a lot now, but it's accurate of, for example, our law enforcement agencies to go after um the political opponents of the Democrat who's in the White House and to protect his allies. I mean, listen, I'm sure you saw what just yesterday that the Justice Department finally said, oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop is authentic. (laughs) Uh, How many years did it take them to realize what we've all known since this first happened? That's a graphic example of what's been going on, these federal bureaucracies, or the fact that, as you know, look, there's another case before the Supreme Court about the fact that all these federal agencies were working with social media platforms to censor, censor the opinions and accounts of, of Americans. Right. Uh, can I say I'm more uh, cynical when it comes to it? I think they knew right away. I think they decided to act as if they didn't know in order to go to these social media, Facebooks, the Twitters to try to remember the whole, the whole we went to them with a warning first to let them know it was Russian disinformation. So they go out there and they censor the news story. They censor pretty much uh, anything that goes out there. You know, individual people can talk about it, but the official news sources were almost forbidden to discuss it else they will get 
uh, banned from all these social media platforms. I feel like, and this is the cynical side of me, they knew immediately, but they decided to act in the way that it was fake in order to try to uh, influence the election to begin with. So uh, it, them coming out today saying it is no consolation prize. I don't, th I think it, it's a lot worse. And I think that they actively knew what they were doing when that was going on. Oh, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. The, the, this laptop didn't appear with any under any mysterious circumstances. Uh, they knew immediately it had been left by Hunter Biden <laughs> with a computer repair guy who runs a small shop. The, the idea that that was some kind of Russian outpost is is ridiculous and absurd. No, they knew immediately that it was real, and they also saw how damaging it would be, and that's why they set out to do everything they could to um, try to minimize the damage by making up this this propaganda story that, uh, oh, this was just Russian in, uh, disinformation. No, this was disinformation by mm -hmm. Democrats supporting Biden. That's what it was. Yep. There's so much that is uh, going on in the news. The government shut down and more. I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene said, if you send any more money to Ukraine before we uh, work on the border, then we're going to put some <laughs> we're going to put you in the same Kevin McCarthy situation. Um, so what do you think that the government should do here? How do you think Republicans should handle the border in foreign aid to Ukraine in the path here to, I, I guess, avoid another shutdown? Well, they keep talking about avoiding a shutdown. Um, why do they think they need to avoid a shutdown? And the reason I say that is, is that um, federal law says that even during government shutdowns, people considered essential keep on working. So when the government shuts down, uh, that means that uh, Social Security payments keep going out. Um, uh, veterans affairs, disability payments still keep going out. The essential things continue. FAA uh, uh, flight controllers, they keep working. Um, all the people who aren't essential, uh, they're the ones who don't uh, show up for work in the federal government. Well, I'll tell you, uh, the more often the federal government shuts down and those non-essential people aren't there interfering with our lives, the better it is. They shouldn't be afraid of a government shutdown if that's what it takes to bring our out-of-control uh, federal budget uh, back to normal and, and, and spending levels that we can actually afford. Yeah, and I thought, by the way, talking about the functioning of the government, it was just earlier this week, they were discussing this pro-Palestinian protest that federal workers were going to engage in, and it was going to be right. on a day after a federal holiday. And I thought, you got to be kidding. You literally have the day off when no one else does work on Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You're telling me you can't protest on the day that is designated for you to be off. You have to wait till you come back from a holiday, then leave your post. And that shows to me how effective actual federal government is. Well, it is. And not a single one of those individuals is willing to do that. Every single one of them should lose their jobs. That, that's if you want to work with the federal government, you need to be non-political, nonpartisan. And if you're going to engage in that kind of behavior, you shouldn't be in the federal government. Right. Hans von Spakowski, where can people find your work? 
uh, go to heritage.org, heritage.org, and they can uh, find everything I write, even when I write it elsewhere. In your book, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote, from the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakovsky, you can find his work all over the Internet. Thank you so much for joining us here in St. Louis. Sure. Thanks for having me. One of my favorite segments, Wiggins America, coming up after the break on 97.1 FM Talk. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker, and got to say, it's been a nice start to the show. Always have a good time when Hans gets to join us. But there's only one segment that I look forward to the most whenever I get to fill in. It's Wiggins! Wiggins! Oh! Wiggins! If you had said anything but Wiggins America after building that up. <laughs> Build it up. I actually went to my hat out with Brad. You. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. So, but, but we got to do Wiggins first. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the subject of today's Wiggins America is actually, surprise, surprise. No, 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 that's not the way I wanted to start this. I got a much better intro, I promise. I promise. Here we go. All right, the big winner coming out of Iowa caucuses was clearly Donald Trump. But you know who came in second? The polls. (laughs) See, that's much better. Slow clap radio. You're doing radio things. (laughs) Yes, thank you very much. Uh, The polls were very, very accurate for the Iowa caucuses. Surprise, surprise. So if you're wondering how accurate they were, for Donald Trump, he got 51% of the total vote. That was within 1% of his polling. Haley, 19%. That was within 1% as well. Ramaswamy, 7.7. His predicted results were 6.8, so he was within a point Hmm. as well. The only person who outperformed those polls? Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. I told you out- he would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for you. He still was only at 21%. Outperformed. And they predicted him in about 15 or 16. So he did outperform them by 5%, which is to say something. But for the most part, the polls were pretty darn accurate. So the reason I bring that up is simply to walk you down this road, that when you look at the general election polling, you can look state by state too, but it's easier to see in the general election polling, <clears throat> the last couple of them that I'm looking at here, Trump versus Biden. This is from INI and Tip. That's a uh, a major pollster. It's one of the more, more recent ones. Trump 41, Biden 40. So Trump plus one. But if you add in third-party candidates, 
Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy versus Manchin versus West versus Stein. And they also threw in somebody in there named Mapstead. I don't even know who that is. But this is from that pollster, I and I and Tip. Trump then goes to plus three. So while while both of them lose percentages, Uh Trump loses less. Yes. That is the theme. Go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. That last name, I think you meant to say placeholder. (laughs) Yeah, for someone else. No one knows. (laughs) Last name here is the other person. Um, That's interesting to me, honestly, because they. how many times have you heard people say that the third-party candidates benefit the Democrats? In this case, it does not seem to be the case. Well, you know what's interesting, Ryan, is that in in, in the very early polling, it looked like it either had no effect or maybe, maybe might benefit Biden a little bit. That has slipped in the opposite direction. And I'm not one of those people who thinks that this is going to make a major impact Mm -hmm. because if you have all those names, and it really depends because sometimes they'll just add in RFK or sometimes they'll just add in somebody like Jill Stein. But when you add all of them like that, including Mapstead, whoever that is, uh, (laughs) that guy's barely polling, by the way. Surprise. Um, It does seem to favor Trump by Mm -hmm. a little bit. Another example, Reuters is... Ipsos just came out too. General election. Trump versus Biden, it's a tie. Trump versus Biden versus Kennedy, Trump plus one. So he pulls from both of them, Mm -hmm. but he seems to pull from Biden more. Yeah. When you listed all those voters in that first poll, are all those candidates, the two third party candidates that are the three of three of them have actually declared, I don't know about Mapstead, Manchin is a maybe, but Cornell West is running. I don't know if he's on every ballot. Jill Stein is running, which is ironic because Cornell West was originally running as Green Party. Now he's doing what, independent or something like that? Uh, yeah, that's been a strange story, but yes. Yeah, and then RFK is running. Yes. Outside of that, Joe Manchin has not declared, and he says he doesn't want to play spoiler. And it's like, I don't know how you can run third party and not play spoiler. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you think right now about these third party candidates? Do they are they a factor? Do they anybody have an actual chance, or are they just spoilers? I think much like you've seen in every other election, you're going to find that it's fun to look at it early on. And then when push comes to shove, all you got to say is there's too much at risk here. You can't throw your vote away on a third party. So you're going to have to vote for fill in the blank candidate. That's your main affiliation, Republican, Democrat. And I think that'll essentially play out that way. I don't think there's any uh, Ross Perols here. Uh, I don't see any of them being major factors. Ross Perot was a cool dude, all things considered. I don't know if there's any documentaries about him out there, but I find whenever a YouTube video comes up about him, I I watch it with great enjoyment. He was a very special guy. I don't see any of these candidates that as special as a guy like that, that actually was able to pull away from an election. So I think it's fun to speculate and look at it now just because we're in that mode of there's still a lot of you know, Republican candidates still on the ballot, even though we know the direction it's going. But when it narrows its way down, it's pretty much going to be funneled out. When my my respect goes to Dana Carvey for doing a great Ross Perot because that's how I remember Ross Perot the most. <laughs> um, let me let me throw this out there though. This general election poll with Reuters suggests that right now Kennedy is getting eighteen percent of the vote. That's a pretty large share. That would be roughly wow. Perot in ninety two. It doesn't to me either. I think no. you're, you're, there's very, it's very possible that what you're saying is true, that in such a divided country, which we weren't in 92, I think that's why Perot was able to carry so much, that you would see people kind of go to their corners a little bit more toward the general. 
Let me throw this out there, though. When you look at individual states, like first of all, Trump is doing very, very well in swing states right now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's it's kind of strange because it's not all of the ones you'd think. Like in Pennsylvania, he's doing okay, but he's not doing great. Yeah. I mean, it's within striking distance. But Biden is still generally winning Pennsylvania in the polls. But he's mm-hmm. doing really well. Trump is doing really well in states like Georgia, in states like Nevada, and mm-hmm. Michigan. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about Michigan, but he continues to poll in every poll very well in Michigan. And that's the one that I, makes me go, ugh. I know, because of Detroit. But when, well, when, I, being that I'm here in, in Michigan, I'll tell you that we have a governor and you, you may have heard of her, uh, <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer. They always do the internal polling. What if she was on the ballot, and not Biden? And in Michigan, she polls very well, which kind of scares me. But what you see in places like here and uh, really blue states is they all try to deflect the uh, praise that may be coming towards them as politicians towards Joe Biden. They are unified because they understand that, oh, if, if anything happens, if Joe Biden was involved or not involved or maybe not even aware of any involvement from the federal government, they'll still give him full credit for it. So they're doing everything they can to try to brush off their popularity inside of the state in order to try to pump up Joe Biden. So I think like in Michigan, when you see things like that, that's what's happening. I, it's it's basically you have a most people that would normally vote Democrat but hate Joe Biden they kind of have the runoff effect from uh, Gretchen Whitmer that's that's carrying them in a situation like that. Interesting. So you've probably seen this poll, you know, being in, in Michigan, Detroit News, Michigan, Trump versus Biden. Trump would win by eight points. But if you add in yeah. Trump versus Biden versus Mansion, Stein and this Mapstead guy or girl, I actually didn't have any idea. Who this it's a guy, is. Lars. Is I had to look it up. Lars, Lars Mapstead. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I kind of like that's this. That's a good name. President Lars. That's the subject of tomorrow's poll. Will you vote for Lars Mapstead? Uh, <laughs> the polling does change when you add in all those third party candidates, though. It goes from Trump plus eight to Trump plus 11. When, you, when you're looking at the Detroit News poll, when you talk about Nevada, Trump versus Biden head-to-head, Trump plus two. Nevada, you add all of those other candidates, it goes to Trump plus three. So it's not always dramatic, <clears throat> but the reason I'm bringing all this up is to get to this article from Reuters that came out today that says that Biden allies are plotting to thwart third-party bids that threaten his reelection. Yeah. So they yeah, have no labels nonprofit was in the news too, trying to make sure that their third parties get on the ballot and they're not thwarted. That's exactly what this says. Worried that third party bids from a centrist group called No Labels and the way Reuters phrases this anti vaccine activist, which by the way, if you ever see <laughs> this guy in an interview, that's one of the subjects that's going to come up. That's fair. But he's not anti vaccine. He is anti the quickness with which the COVID vaccine was rushed to market. That is it. Uh And he says it over and over and over. Yet Reuters doing deep homework here. (laughs) Anti-vaccine activist Robert (laughs) F. Kennedy Jr. It says they could siphon off votes from Biden. That's why I read all those polls in key states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Arizona. American Bridge is this activist organization. They have hired prominent election attorney Mark Elias, who you've heard his name before, to help thwart these outsider bids, among many other things. Now, the question that I wanted to pose to you, Ryan and Brad, is this is the party of defend democracy. Does this fly in the face? And an honest question, because you could say, no, this is just part of the strategy. 
Does this fly in the face of the party that it supports democracy to try to keep as many candidates off the ballot as possible using legal loopholes? Ooh, I, I'm gonna Brad, say, you want to go first? Yeah, it absolutely does. Let I mean, the whole we're here to defend democracy by giving you one choice. You like you can vote for whoever you want as long as it's Joe Biden is kind of the Democrat line. We're defending democracy. And if you don't vote for this guy, like the party, if, if given the opportunity, if they could wave a magic wand and remove everybody from the ballot and just leave Joe Biden, they would 100 percent do it. It's not about democracy. It's not about any of that. It's about winning. And that's it. That's the same reason that they're trying to keep other people off. You know what? Yeah, they want. I would. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, go ahead, Brent. They just want to keep Trump off the ballot. They want to win. That's it. Yeah, I think that's what it, this is what I would normally say. I would say there's a reason why there's a threshold of what you need to do in order to get your name on a ballot. A lot of states have a certain amount of signatures or you have to poll a certain way in the party in order to stay on the primary, whatever it may be. But when you go deeper and say that the leading candidate of the opposing party is not allowed to show up on a ballot, then it goes to show you that their motives are something else. And I do think it's coordinated. I do think they've been trying to lay the groundwork for this for the last couple of years. Ever since, you know, January 6th, they have been uh, yelling insurrection over and over again into a moment like this where you can look back at it and say, well, it's obvious. Haven't you seen our reporting? He's a known insurrectionist. And I think that they continue to use that line and they knew they were going to use that strategy from the beginning in order to try to make this 14th Amendment claim, even if it wasn't a valid claim, but they knew it would be something that would get caught up in the courts or maybe stumble or make it difficult for an opponent to get back onto the ballot. I don't think it's a pure motivation for them. I do think it was calculated. And that's why I would say that, yes, they are trying trying to stifle democracy by doing it. Well, I'll just add before we get to the top of the hour here that I think this is a fine strategy. I don't really see anything wrong with the strategy that they're using to keep uh, other candidates that would keep your candidate from winning. It's just that you can't bill yourself as so right. pro-democracy right. and then do this. You, you have to say, look, we, we support the republic the way it is. We want them to follow the law. And then leave it there and don't try to keep, yeah. especially your biggest candidate, Donald Trump, off the, the off the ballot. That's so hypocritical. Yeah. And, and let's not forget, you know, the Democrats, too, had to change the rules to keep Tulsi Gabbard off the stage. You know, they were changing rules from even before that election. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. I hope we get to talk to Tyrus after the break on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your-
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 